Hello everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and welcome to Plain Market Talk, where I will provide a straightforward interpretation and analysis of current market news based on my background as a retired Wall Street stockbroker with almost 50 years of experience. And I will also provide business lessons to help you become much more successful with your personal finance, trading, and investments. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Welcome to Plain Market Talk. Today Saturday, August 20th, 2022. Okay, we'll take a look at what went on with the markets uh, yesterday and this past week. Uh, Going to continue on now with the investment material today covering the origin of stocks and stock markets. And we'll also take a look at some market news. Okay, markets were down this week after being up four weeks in a row, but nothing to be too concerned about. I'll tell you why in just a second. But for the week we had, well, for yesterday, we'll say, we had the Dow the Jones Industrial Average was down 0.86%. S&P 500 down 1.29%. NASDAQ Composite down 2.01%. And for the week, the Dow was down just a little bit. It's down 0.16%. S&P 500 down 1.21%. And the NASDAQ Composite down 2.62%. All right, so what, why... That I mentioned nothing to be too concerned about. At one week, we don't really look at this time of year. It's more trends. I'll tell you why. A lot of traders take off the last two weeks of August. See, in New York, the schools don't go back until after Labor Day this year, September 8th. So a lot of them take vacations right at the end of August, last two weeks or so of August. And it creates lower volumes on the markets. I think the overall volumes are actually down about 15% from where they usually are. It also creates a little more volatility with the lower volumes, uh, a little bit more on the downside. So we, we tend to see this many years, nothing to be too concerned about there. Also, there's not a lot of economic uh, news out there for the markets right now, economic or financial news. Uh, the big thing the market will focus on next is the uh, big inflation report coming out a Friday of next week. The Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, PCE as it's called. I'll talk more about that next week. But that is an inflation report the Federal Reserve closely looks at when trying to make a determination what they may do with interest rates. So the markets will focus on that. As far as the Federal Reserve's next uh, policy meeting, Federal Open Market Committee policy meeting, uh, that's actually not for another month. They don't actually meet every month. They meet eight times a year. Uh, so last meeting was, I believe, July 26th and 27th. Next meeting, September 20th and 21st. So markets will focus on that. But for one week being down the end of August, we see that quite often. So nothing to be too concerned about there. Okay. So let's talk now about um, the origin of stocks and stock markets. Now, uh, where do these things come from? Well, you have to go back around to around the year 1600, about 400, you know, a little more than 420 years ago. And here's how things looked in the year 1600. We had five nations in Europe, England, uh, France, Spain, Portugal, and Holland had been sending exploration ships out for the previous 140 years. Uh, why those five? Why not Germany, Italy, Russia, Poland, and so forth? Uh, these five had seacoasts. They had access to the Atlantic Ocean. So that, that was the primary reason. And what they did, they began to send their exploration ships out, began to establish tra uh, trading posts and so forth. Uh, one thing also, that's why those are the five languages spoken as the native language of countries around the world. Uh, you know, English is spoken by many countries around the world as a native language, Spanish, 
uh, Portuguese, French, and Dutch. Um, uh, that's why, because uh, those were the five sending um, their uh, trade and exploration ships out. All right, so here's what they discovered. Uh, first of all, they did uh, discover once and for all the world was round, although most of them knew it was round. Most people actually, even back then, didn't think the world was flat. Uh, the moon is round, the sun is round. But, it, you know, they proved that it was round. Uh, it, it was actually, the world was bigger than a lot of them thought it was. Uh, as far as, you know, Christopher Columbus thought he could reach China in three weeks sailing, sailing from Europe. Uh, he, he thought it was, a, it was 1,500 miles. It's actually about 11,000 miles. But anyway, the world was bigger than they thought it was. They also discovered that the world was connected by oceans, all of the world's oceans connected. So you could pretty much sail anywhere, around, sail anywhere in the world you wanted to. So here's what happened. They began sending their trade ships to India, China, places like that. Well, something to think about with that, how much money did they make? And how did that lead to the rise of stocks and stock markets? Well, these voyages were very lucrative. You know, a, a trade voyage that would go from England to China and back, you know, they'd bring things to China and then come back with tea, porcelain, silk, all kinds of things. Uh, the voyage could take upwards of two years. Uh, but it was very lucrative. Uh, as far as the profit that could be made, in today's dollars, it was about $500,000, half a million dollars in profit from one successful voyage. The question then becomes, who owned the ships? These ships were not owned by the captains and the crews. They couldn't afford them. These ships were really big. They were actually owned by the business people, the merchants. Well, the merchants weren't about to go sailing back and forth on the world's oceans for two years. So what they would do is they'd buy a ship, they'd actually hire a captain and a crew to sail it. You know, they'd show them the secret map, how to get there, how to get back, uh, load the thing up with items. And basically the way it often worked is the, when the ship came back, uh, the captain and the crew got half of the profit, $250,000, and the owner of the ship got uh, the other $250,000. And the owner of the ship actually sent their own accountants on board uh, to make sure the stuff was being you know, done uh, properly. Okay, so well and good. Problem was not all of the ships were coming back. Uh, as the ships began to move out into the world's oceans, they began to encounter storms that were unknown to Europeans. Um, these monster storms would appear out of nowhere with such intense wind, it would actually rain sideways. The Native, uh, the Native Americans on the Caribbean islands were well familiar with these storms. Uh, they thought it was a god they called Huracan. And so uh, that is why today we call them hurricanes. Uh, they're also called monsoons and typhoons in the Pacific Ocean and the Indian Ocean. So they began to lose their ships to hurricanes and also pirates, you know, kind of think of Captain Jack Sparrow, even I know it's 1790s, but you get the idea, Jolly Roger flag and all that. But you know, the ocean's a big place. Columbus sailed back and forth four times right in the middle of hurricane season. He never saw one. Uh, about 87% of the ships were coming back, but they were losing around 13% of the ships. Now, these business people uh, belong to organizations called trade guilds. So imagine there's a hundred of us in a trade guild. Uh, you know, one of, say, um, business person number one sends a ship out and it comes back, they make a quarter million dollars. You know, merchant number two sends a ship out, comes back, quarter million for them. Number three, quarter million for them. 
merchant number four, unfortunately, the ship just never comes back. They, they don't know what happened. It just never came back. Numbers five, six, and seven make a quarter million dollars. Um, eight, nine make a quarter million. Ten makes quarter million. Number 11, nothing. Ship just doesn't come back. Well, that's not a good way to do business. So what these business people quickly thought they should do is instead of like each of us individually, say there's 100 of them, instead of each of us individually owning a ship, and it may come back, it may not, we're going to make a quarter million dollars or nothing, why don't we just jointly own all 100 ships? We know we'll lose about 13 of them to pirates and hurricanes, but 87 of them will come back and we'll just split the profits. See how they would lower their risk by doing that? So they formed trading companies, and they took the name corporation. Uh, the word corpus, it's a Latin word for person. Um, that's where the word corpse actually comes from. But anyway, a corporation was a form of government in the Middle Ages uh, in England where towns were allowed to run themselves. Um, and we got their own mayor, city councils, which is the form of government we have here in the United States. You know, in, in cities, uh, towns have mayors and city councils and so forth. Well, anyway, corporation, it came from that word, you know, by the people. So these companies took the name corporations because they, in the courts, they would be considered their own legal entities, like a person. They could borrow money. Um, they could sue, be sued, and so forth. So that's where that name corporation came from. So anyway, so they formed these trading companies, corporations, uh, say 100 of them, and each of them owned a share of this company. And each, each of these business people were given an engraved block of wood with the king's stamp on it, signifying ownership. The Middle English word for a block of wood is stock. That's where the word stockade comes from. That's why we call it stock. Now, each year, as the ships came back and they made a profit, um, there's, there's two things you can do at profit, regardless whether you're a multi-billion dollar company or a lemonade stand. You basically can either pay it out to yourself, pay it out to the owners. In this case, it's called a dividend with a corporation or reinvest it back in the company for future growth. That's called retained earnings. And you could do a combination of both. So they actually did both. Um, they paid some of the profits out to themselves, the owners, and the rest, they, they bought more ships. So next year, they may have sent 150 ships out or 200 Eventually, they began to build their own docks, their own warehouses. They began to buy their own forests because you need the big trees for the main mast of the ships. They began to start schools to train some people how to excuse me, efficiently and effectively sail a ship. And then another group that were trained, they would go for the ride. And when they got there, they would do the trading. See, So anyway, so this led to the rise of corporations. So what if you... Um, so what was considered uh, the first modern corporation? It was actually the Dutch East India Company, uh, founded in 1602. I think that one lasted the early 1800s. It was destroyed during the Napoleonic Wars. But some of these early corporations are still here today. Um, you may remember some of the names from grade school, British East India Company, Hudson Bay Company, British South Seas Company. Many of them are still around. They just um, basically they have changed their names over the years. Okay, so what if you want to sell your ownership share? You know, you want to retire, whatever. Well, what would happen, you need to find somebody else that was willing to buy your stock. Uh, and so this led to the rise of brokers, stock brokers. Um, they would represent buyers and sellers. Uh, and they needed a place where they could meet because you didn't have any electronics back then, electronic media. 
So they began to establish uh, physical meeting places, uh, stock exchanges. Um, so it led to the rise of stock exchanges, um, which began in the early 1600s. Now today, that's, that's basically the origin of stocks and stock markets. Today, American corporations tend to be the world's largest, made up of tens of millions of shares of stock. But it's the same basic system. Uh, and as far as meeting places, we have exchanges like the New York Stock Exchange, and we have electronic trading systems like NASDAQ, National Association Security Dealers Automatic Quotation. So I'll talk more about this stuff on upcoming sessions, but that's basically how it works. That's the origin of stocks and stock markets. All right. So let's move on to a little bit of market news today and see what we have going on. And we actually have a few different things going on. Uh, had an interesting one here, uh, the movies. I've talked about you know movies, movie theaters. Uh, AMC is doing better. You know, there was a question after COVID, would people even go back to movies at all? Uh, the, you know, were people just afraid to be in an enclosed area for an extended period of time, or were they just too comfortable watching at home? It turns out at first people would go back for the big movies like Spider-Man and, you know, Top Gun and uh, Doctor Strange, but now they're starting to go back even for the smaller movies. So, uh, AMC is actually starting to do pretty well again, but the problem is actually there. Uh, it's actually the other company, Cinemark. Uh, Cinemark is owned by Cineworld. It is a British company, and basically, here's the news: shares of British cinema chain Cineworld Group have plunged on Friday on reports that it is preparing to file for bankruptcy. Uh, after failing to entice viewers back to movie theaters. See, that might be more of an issue over there than anything else. But anyway, uh, if you're interested in this stock, this is not actually traded in the United States. It's traded on the London Stock Exchange. Uh, its symbol is C-I-N-E. Now, there's a couple of ways you could bring this up. I'm gonna give you the price quote here in a second. You can go to the website of the London Stock Exchange. It's actually LondonStockExchange.com and just type in the name of the company uh, and it would come up C-I-N-E. But actually here in the United States, you can also bring it up. It's C-I-N-E dot L for L London. And uh, yeah, it was down 58.3% yesterday. It's a low price stock. Um, basically, uh, let's see, it closed on Thursday at $9.75 a share, that's US dollars. Uh, and it did, um, See, it closed yesterday at, uh, I'm sorry, that is not U.S. dollars. I want to correct that. That is that is British pounds. I need to double check that. That is British pounds. Anyway, but it did close on Thursday at $9. I'm saying dollars. 9.75 British pounds. How's that? Anyway, down 5.68 5 pounds, finished at 4 pounds and 7 cents. That's harder to do than I thought. I'm used to saying dollars and cents. But anyway. Might be an overreaction, something to think about. Um, you know, it just goes they go bankrupt, declare bankruptcy. They may or may not go out of business. We'll have to see. I'll talk about bankruptcies another day. A lot of things can happen. Uh, they could get somebody to come in, provide financing. There's also a possibility AMC, believe it or not, could help them out or their rivals. Um, sometimes companies do that uh, because if their main rival goes out of business, they don't want to then be broken up due to antitrust laws, anti-competition. So... That could happen. Also, they could be bought out by a big entertainment company, you know, Disney or whoever. Um, for years, uh, due to what's called the Paramount Decrees, uh, movie studios used to own their own theaters. 
And then that was outlawed in the late 40s, I believe. And then that's been reversed the last couple of years. So we'll see. We'll talk more about that another day. But keep an eye on that one, C-I-N-E period L. All right, a couple more things here, and then we'll wrap things up here. All right, so I talked about what's coming up next week. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, yeah, I, got, I saw here... Um, Walmart, uh, Walmart, a couple of days ago announced an exclusive streaming deal with Paramount Plus. See, Walmart's got this Walmart Plus service. They're competing with Amazon Prime, and I guess if you sign up, you get I don't know if it's a year or so, whatever it said, but you get a streaming service, Paramount Plus, thrown in. So anyway, uh, that could definitely increase subscribership there. So um, something to keep an eye on there. So we had that one uh, also. Uh, U.S. federal government, I guess the FDA just approved over-the-counter hearing aids. Uh, you know, don't need a prescription. And so keep an eye on hearing aid companies. That, that could be something to keep an eye out uh, for. On a side note, I see the Girl Scouts are going to be offering this raspberry cookie. It's chocolate with raspberry on the inside. So, you know, as long as for me, they don't get rid of the mint ones. I like those peanut ones with the chocolate also. So anyway, I got these new raspberry ones coming in. All right, I'm... I'm you get some more serious note. Uh, freight rates are coming down. Uh, what that means is the supply chain issues are beginning to unwind themselves now. Uh, and that may be a, a good sign. See, a lot of the inflation comes from uh, higher shipping and freight rates. Uh, and so that could be a sign inflation may have already peaked. We're starting to see what I call freight rates starting to come down. So we have that. And what else did we have? A couple of other things. The Securities uh, Exchange Commission, I'm sorry, no, it was the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance uh, Company, Corporation. They have told five cryptocurrency firms, specifically FTX is what I'm seeing here. They said to stop misleading consumers about deposit protection. I guess they've been indicating through social media that these cryptocurrency companies' um, deposits uh, are FDIC insured. They are not uh they are not, uh, you have to have your money at a bank to have FDIC insurance. It's $250,000 per depositor. Uh, brokerage firms have SIPC insurance, Security Investor Protection uh, Corporate Company, maybe company or corporation. I'm not sure which one it is, but basically $500,000. It doesn't protect against investment loss. It protects against the brokerage firm going out of business. So anyway, uh, but yeah, the the five companies, the FCC, FDIC just filed a complaint against was F, uh, FTX, uh, CryptoNews.com, CryptoSEC, period info, SmartAsset.com, and FDICCrypto.com. They're just calling yourself FDIC in the title is probably a violation in itself. Anyway, all right, so we got that going on. Uh, let's see if we got anything else here I wanted to mention. We'll call it a day. Oh, yeah, one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, General Motors had suspended its dividend. I believe it was around April of 2020 when they had to shut all their factories down. Uh, they did announce yesterday they have reinstated it. Uh, they said they're going to start out with nine cents per share per quarter. That's quite a bit down from the 38 cents. Uh, but they did announce they're also buying back $5 billion of their common stock. I'll talk about stock buybacks another day. 
Uh, but anyway, stock was up, I believe, 2.3% on the news. So some good news there from General Motors. Okay, we're going to call it a day. Hope everyone's doing well. We'll get back to it next week. Continue on with our lessons on stocks. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing as far as uh, first part of our investment lessons. And I'm going to be covering everything, option contracts, cryptocurrencies, just everything I talked about the other day. Uh, the next lesson, I think I'm going to talk about types of stocks. Uh, Basically, common preferred treasury stocks, growth income, and so forth. Why companies pay dividends, some don't, and why some companies pay minuscule dividends. So we'll talk about all that stuff on the next session. Okay, hope everyone's doing well. Again, Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Talk to you again soon. Take care. See ya.